So what, what I think many people are wrestling with now, landlords, brokers, architects, occupiers of space, advisors that cut across those categories, I think many conversations are happening where there's a struggle about which, which things represent a durable trend and which things represent a temporary response. You are listening to the AFIRE podcast. Real estate, technology, cross-border investing, and the opportunities of a changing world. Let's start a conversation now. Work has changed more than we think it has. How we do it, where we go to do it, when we do it, it has all changed. And not just because of COVID. The work itself is different than before. And yet most people are still asking, when do we get to go back to the office? Instead of what do we actually need an office to do for the work we do now? Doug Holty has spent a career thinking about office. Formerly a senior partner of Heinz and uh, president of the Irvine Company, he is now asking interesting questions as CEO of Agile Workweek Investments. So thank you, Doug, for joining me on the AFIRE podcast. Thanks, Gunnar. Good morning. So uh, let's just start with questions. What are the questions that you are trying to answer uh, for the office environment? Well, it's, uh, it's an understatement to say that we're, in, we're still in the midst of a disorienting time for anyone trying to invest time or money in, in the category of office properties or workplaces, if you want to call it that. And uh, I think that what I've been devoted to for the past year in, in, uh, in establishing a startup company to invest in, in properties as well as prop tech and also to invest in platforms that I think will provide relevant services to the work week is trying to, just as you said, trying to answer the important questions, which is what are the, what are the new cultural habits that are going to stick in terms of how at least three generations choose to organize themselves to produce outcomes for business enterprises, right? So how are they gonna, how are three generations going forward, you know, as we shift from the boom to the XYZ, or ex-millennial Z, how are they going to have cultural beliefs that are different than we might have, the boomers, about how and, and why and where and when we work? And then what technologies will be most impactful to enable those cultural beliefs to express themselves into a, a smarter, more efficient work week? And then the other question I think I'm spending a fair amount of time on is, what are the expectations of the various players as to the next decade, not the next year? of how capital will be deployed and how operational results will, will be designed? And then lastly, how will organizations or how should organizations be redesigned to address all of that? So I, I'm fascinated by uh, a handful of companies that are spending time redesigning their organizations. And I'm sadly discouraged by many, many organizations that seem to not quite have decided to redesign their organizations, whether they're landlords, uh, advisory or service companies or, or the occupiers themselves. So it, it sounds like you're saying that this, that this change calls for, uh, calls for reorganization of some kind, or at least a, a, an examination of what it is that you do, how you structure yourself as a company. I think that's right. I think to, I think to take, to take positive advantage 
of these cultural shifts, the deeper cultural shifts and how people are prepared to work. And, uh, and in order to take full advantage of enabling technologies, I think it, and, and to, to really adopt and, and, and fully exploit those technologies and new cultural beliefs. I think it, it calls for a reconsideration of the right organizational design. I mean, every industry, I guess, has habits that are hard to break as to what we think the titles and roles should be within an enterprise and then between enterprises. But going forward, by example, what does property management mean? You know, what, what does an IT department mean and how should it be designed within a real estate organization? I think these are questions that ought to be asked with more openness to, to the possibility of significant change. I mean, it's, it's hard to, to totally redesign a physical workspace other than to make them more flexible and agile, but you certainly can redesign an organizational chart to be much more effective at addressing you know, again, how to harness technology and culture. And, and, and I agree with you that the imperative is essentially there. You use the term cultural habits when talking about how companies work and how the individuals inside those companies work, that, that these are habits, which by the way, habit is not a bad thing. That's how we think, that's how we work. Um, but a lot of research yeah, we, re we rely on habits. Absolutely. We rely on habits. We, we couldn't function right. if we had Right, absolutely. No We'd have yeah. to think too much every time we lifted up a glass to, to drink a glass of water. Uh, but the, the time it takes to, for habits to change forever <laughs> is about a year. And, you know, and there's been a lot of research on this all over the place, but I find it interesting. We're now, thanks to the Delta variant, we're well beyond a year. Um, and there are habits that have changed, and we might not even know that they've changed yet because people are still working from home. We have more to learn as we go forward. Well, even even maybe to extend that thought a bit, Gunnar, we have to be aware of learning things, uh, making new habits out of something that's actually transitional yeah. So and temporary. So what, what I think many people are wrestling with now, landlords, brokers, architects, occupiers of space, advisors that cut across those categories, I think many conversations are happening where there's a struggle about which which things represent a durable trend and which things represent a temporary response. So the idea of better technology for video conferencing from home, that's great. Um, I'm not sure that's a, a habit. It's enabling technology. The habit's going to be, can people actually find ways to harness technology and be effective at working from multiple locations, collaborating from multiple locations at different times, of the, at asynchronous times, that's going to be very difficult to organize new habits around feeling like you're still connected and productive when, when work is being distributed in these, in these new ways. And I think you're right. We're still, we're still learning. And, uh, but I think more time and energy can be, can be organized around devoting organizational resources to testing and adapting and then retesting, adapting <laughs> to then establish what are the new habits that make sense. Yeah. I mean, so none of us are experts in this kind of new environment yet. We're, we're still having to learn. Well, one of the things I find fascinating is, as, as I spoke with you earlier was just where you come from and where you are going now. So just like the world, um, you've gone through significant change in terms of your work life. Uh, from, uh, you know, really impressive uh, stints with uh, companies like Heinz and Irvine to um, now 
building your own kind of investment thesis around some of these questions. And so I'd love for you to kind of talk a little bit about that. And how did you get here? Yeah, I'm grateful to have had um, a number of years working for two iconic leaders, Jerry Hines and Don Brand, as they as they um, executed on what was largely a 20th century business model, you know, to provide um, well-designed buildings and related services to, to collections of, of enterprises that would pay rent over long contracts. And that was a great business model. Um, and, uh, and I was grateful to be able to operate in multiple markets and and, uh, and to be part of a couple of meta trends, you know, the, the, the drive toward premium workplace design as an offensive weapon for companies to help them attract talent. That was a meta trend that happened over the last 20, 30 years, rather than just being a cost line item. Uh, the meta trend of creating spaces that are healthier to the environment and to the occupants was a great meta trend. But I just, I, I, had, I have, I guess, a deep sense that there is this elusive uh, opportunity to integrate technology in a more intuitive, natural way into the work week, where people are using not just an iPhone, um, you know, but they're they're using seamless, integ fully integrated hardware and software to organize their time and their teams better. And um, and so right now, what we've done at, at AWI is to invest in five prop tech companies. We're helping to helping them think about their strategy. Uh, in everything from physical occupancy to digital work week experiences and services to uh, one that's providing sort of very friction-free digital transaction platforms for short-term workspace. So you can have individuals and teams procure and use workspace more quickly and easily. So we're trying to in inject, the AWI is trying to inject into the marketplace good questions, as you said, and then in some cases, advice and investment capital to help occupiers and landlords make better decisions, organize their work more efficiently and effectively. And in the end, the high-minded goal is to create, and this is the, op the positive opportunity here, is to create a healthier, smarter, really more joyful work week and to move beyond the 20th century model of everyone showing up to work like we're farmers. Right, or working in manufacturing setups. Yes. I often feel like the, the office of the 20th century was just an extension of the factory floor, just we were moving paper instead of... Um, you know, widgets or whatever. Exactly, and yet, and yet, the, and yet, and yet, the other parallel cultural belief you know and I know is a desire for greater, not less, connectivity. I think people are certainly fatigued by not only Zoom but, and uh, and all the competing technology platforms that are supposed to deliver on the promise of keeping them connected. Uh, it certainly keeps them with a full calendar of twelve hours a day now, probably an average of of calls and video calls and that. But the greater promise is how do we how do we harness technology so people uh, feel connected, but uh, again have the ad, ad, ability to adapt their work day and their work week to get the right work done with the right people in the right places. So I think there's great optimism in that, that we're trying to be part of that. Well, it's almost like we we kind of got exposed to a lot of this out of necessity. Uh, some of these things, and we probably overused certain technologies and and certain methodologies. Um, and and I feel like and there's. Uh, this whole idea, I guess, of beginner's mind. You work really, really hard, you advance, and then you get to the point you can start. And and I feel like perhaps, you know, if, if we've learned the lesson of COVID, then we can begin to figure out what works and what works better. But it certainly revealed that our work lives were not not as optimal as, as maybe we thought they were. Um, that, yes, they're comfortable and that they're habits and old habits, but probably not the best way to live that part of your life and not necessarily the best way to be 
productive, um, especially as work is, uh, is asking us to think as much as it's asking us to do stuff. Um, and I, I don't know if we're doing a, an excellent job yet of providing for that or creating an environment that, that allows that to happen. Yeah, and, and, and to extend that thought, I think one thing that um, I worry about and others worry about is that the leadership demands of the moment are preventing uh, more thoughtful strategies for um, uh, for bringing people back to a workplace that's much more remarkable than it was pre pre the start of the pandemic. We have this opportunity to have it not be just um, flexible Fridays and uh, and our furniture's on wheels and we declare victory. I mean, there's there's more opportunity than that. I mean, a couple examples. I mean, I think it's fascinating. Some occupiers, uh, tenant, you know, enterprises that rent rent and use workspace. Some are doing some really remarkable things to redesign their spaces and their org charts so that there are constant opportunities for um, for uh, not just collaborative work, but but lifelong learning and upskilling of the workforce so that the stickiness for you know employee retention comes from organizations that express in their physical design and their digital products, they express to their own workforce that we're a place that you can continue growing and learning throughout an extended career. And I think those are the secret sauces that great companies are going to come out of this and they're going to have workspace that reflects that and that has sort of embedded ubiquitous technology that is there not for tech, but it's there to create a sense that people, when they come to work, they get things done. They couldn't get done at home. They feel more energized and connected. They feel like they're learning. And, uh, and it demonstrates, the best companies will demonstrate agility. So, you know, we put into our well, company name, we put agile because I think everything going forward is a as an agile design problem or opportunity. Your org chart needs to be more adaptable and agile and a, a living thing. Your workspace needs to and can be more agile. The technology solutions need to be to need to be more agile and honest to to cancel the ones that don't matter and and try new ones that might matter more. So, what would it be like to work in a truly agile workspace? What would that feel like? Well, ideally, I, I, ideally, and this this is not really Jetson stuff anymore, right? Analogy <laughs> <laughs> TV show that my kid, my adult <laughs> children don't don't know anything about. Um, I think um, I think the the there, there's, there's, there will be, let's not say there should be, there will be tools that allow people to start a, a work week and a work day um, and organize their time and physical location to be you know, most productive and to connect with the people they need to. So there'll be much better scheduling tools that, uh, that get people into the same places uh, to do work together that they, that they can and should. Um, it, it will be, again, ubiqu- it'll be embedded technology in the workplace and between home and the workplace that allow you to to stay connected and productive uh, to better organize workflows we, we waste a lot of time in this world on poorly organized workflows and one of the things that i'm particularly devoted to in some of the advisory work we're doing with occupiers and landlords is to think more deeply about who can who can use what technologies to organize workflows not just where the workforce is but how work is being moved around so i think the future of work will be much better scheduling of time and place. Um, the physicality of the workspace, when you arrive, we're gonna, we're gonna start using the walls in a way that becomes part of our work life experience, which is, you know, we don't need to be 
putting up framed photos on the walls uh, and just whiteboards. We need to, the walls will be, you know, will be living walls with information that allows us to stay connected visually with others and allows us to exchange information. And, uh, and I think that, you know, the, the horizontal work, if you will, uh, you know, furniture and what have you will, will be much more rearrangeable and the best companies will have staff that is, that is, they're basically stage managers that are set to start a work week and a work day with what do we need to get done today? Who's, who's going to be here doing what? And, uh, and so I think that new positions like stage managers and, um, work week technology managers should be a part of the constant effort through the day as if you're on a TV set where things are getting done smartly and they're moving around on you. And I think that's going to allow a whole era of, again, premium workspace and the best landlords will thrive in that, in that arena because they'll invest in it. They'll organize around it. They'll work with the best occupiers to figure out who's going to provide what service to the actual end user, the employee and the team of employees. So I think the, I think the work week has great opportunity. The, the, the other issue that we all know the market's still grappling with is, how many choices of a physical workplace will a say metro area need? So uh, will people need to be able to have not only improved home tech, great, improved and more agile workplace tech or HQ workplace tech, but also all the other options in between from the proverbial coffee shop to a flex space rentable for a day, week or month to uh, hopefully redesigned hotels to become better communal spaces for the conduct of work um, in a more agile format. All of those options, it'll be interesting to see how, how, how enterprises and individuals use that collection of workplaces and how those get financed, which is a whole other conversation I suspect your, your membership is going to care a lot about, which is who's going to invest capital to do what and how will that affect investment returns in real estate. Well, what what does that mean in terms of, do you think, in terms of an owner of an office building, are they going to have to get engaged with this at a higher level than they have in the past? Or is this something that, that's up to the companies themselves? Or is it some combination thereof? Yeah, yeah that's a great example. I mean, some of us talk about uh, there are promises being uh, made accidentally right now, probably, rather than intentionally, between, empl- between occupiers and landlords. Uh, I think some occupiers think landlords are promising things that the landlords would rather not with respect to more than just secure uh, access and healthy air and uh, operating systems at work. I think some occupiers think landlords should be promising more than that in terms of on-site services to make the workforce more productive. I think most landlords would rather, understandably, would rather let the occupiers invest in technology and and, uh, business practices that make their particular enterprise effective. So I think that's a very unclear area as to who's going to deliver what going forward. It does seem to me that the best landlords of office properties will forge alliances with natural, I'll call it sort of naturally adjacent players. And that would include uh, property owners and service providers that offer communal spaces and services and uh, workforce um, productivity services, whether that be healthcare, higher education or vocational ed, hotels, you know, which could be and should be places that can allow for larger gatherings, you know, to occur in a smarter, more agile way during the work week. So I think there's opportunities for smart landlords to forge alliances. And then I I think to your point, another way to answer your point is the smart landlords 
and there are some doing this now, are going to have to be more clear with their their rent paying enterprises, their tenants, about what they are going to offer and what the price of that will be. Because I think another thing that we have to be aware of as me as a former landlord and, and probably future landlord um, is be beware of of um, of, not, of of glossing over the reality of the cost of enhanced services. In the past decade, landlords invested a lot. We did at Irvine Company and over uh, in, in upgrading our portfolio of physical gathering spaces and related services, whether it was food or conferencing or fitness. All that was good. It, it was it was effectively a cost to attract and retain uh, rent paying tenants. The question going forward is if if great landlords decide to provide even more services during the work week at a workplace for health or learning or what have you, who will get paid for that? And, and, I, and then there's a whole other issue of you know climate tech that I think we can chat now or not about that I think is still coming at us as a juggernaut for the office property investment category that I, I'm not sure I'm not sure for all the talk I'm not sure that the investor landlord community is fully prepared for the the hit to returns that will come from climate tech we've run out of time for this episode of the podcast we're going to pick up this conversation again in the next episode where we're going to talk a bit around a smart approach to new offices and sustainability feedback loops and avoiding the amenity wars and solving problems that really matter. You've been listening to the AFIRE podcast. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast subscription service, such as Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitchers, and others. AFIRE is not engaged in providing tax, accounting, or legal advice. No content in this podcast is to be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell any asset. Some information included has been obtained from third-party sources considered to be reliable, though AFIRE is not responsible for guaranteeing the accuracy of third-party information. The opinions expressed are those of its respective contributors and sources and do not necessarily reflect those of AFIRE.